Warp speed, Mr. Kazuno. This is the Fodor Chronicles radio show for March 15th, 2021, and I am your executive producer and senior editor, Harrison Fisk. In this episode, Uncle Jason Kazuno and my father, Eric Fisk, discuss the United States Navy's claims to have patents of technology from the realm of science fiction. The topic then moves to legitimate scientific papers discussing the possibility of a warp drive within our current level of technology and the moral and political implications of traveling to other worlds with our current intelligence and morality level. And before the NSA cuts our communication line, Uncle Jay and Dad discuss the time passages and the joy of doing paranormal episodes while drinking Kraken Black Spice Rum. In compliance with New Hampshire campaign regulations, specifically Chapter 664, Political Expenditures and Contributions, Political Advertising, Section 664.14, we have to inform you that the Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our listeners through contributions to Patreon and profits from our Zazzle page. Also, in compliance with Section 664.14, I am being compensated for doing the editing and recording the introduction via the purchase by my father, of Corsair Vengeance RGB Pro 16GB 2 8GB sticks DDR4 3200MHz C16 desktop memory for my own computer. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The title of this episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show's news of the week is Warp speed, Mr. Cousineau. Steady as she goes, <laughs> straight on till morn. So, um, somebody had sent us this link, and they wanted us to uh, chit-chat about this. Um, the, uh, this now, is, do we want to start with the Navy thing? Yeah, we're starting with the Navy thing and a, and a question posed by one of our listeners and readers. This is from BigThink.com. U.S. Navy controls inventions that claim to change, quote, fabric of reality, end quote. Inventions with revolutionary potential made by a mysterious aerospace engineer for the U.S. Navy come to light. And this was published a month ago, February 6, 2021. U.S. Navy holds patents for enigmatic inventions by aerospace engineer Dr. Salvatore Per. Um, pay, it's pay. P-A-I-S, pay. Pay. Salvador Pay. Pay comes up with a technology that can, quote, engineer reality, unquote, devising an ultra-fast craft, a fusion reactor, and more. While mostly theoretical at this point, the inventions could transform energy, space, and military sectors. If that's not terrifying, I don't know what is. The U.S. Well, I mean, it yeah. could be exciting or it could be terrifying. Right. The U.S. If, Navy. If you look at the fact that I don't trust my government, then it's terrifying. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you, you. You. I mean, here we are. We have two guys who do a podcast talking about government conspiracies and cover-ups, and of course, we're going to get a little nervous by this article. The uh, the article goes on. The U.S. Navy controls patents for some futuristic and outlandish technologies, some of which dubbed quote UFO patents end quote came to life recently. One particular note are, are of particular note are inventions by the somewhat mysterious Dr. Salvador Caesar Pay, whose tech claims to be able to quote engineer reality, unquote. His slate of highly ambitious borderline sci-fi designs meant for use by the US government range from gravitational wave generators and compact fusion reactors to next-gen hybrid aerospace underwater craft with revolutionary propulsion sim- sim- to, uh, System. systems and beyond. So a friend of ours, a friend of the show, Boston Mike had asked me, and I wanna get his question specifically, Boston Mike's question, Eric, love you and you know me. I am at A-M-A-R-G-1. Do you believe this? I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, I will be absolutely, totally, completely honest with you. I've thought about this question and my answer for about a week now, off and on. And as a podcaster, I have to be open-minded and, 
and skeptical at the same time. I can't just say, oh, because I read it on the Internet, it must be true. That's how you get right. in, that's how you get into trouble. Honestly, that that's how you that's how you get into trouble. If you believe everything that you read. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I think is that that's how the phrase goes. I want to believe that that somebody is working on cutting edge technology that's on par with the Manhattan Project. I want to believe that there are people who are working very hard on next generation technology. We want to believe that there's some fucking Tony Stark out there as well. I, I really do. I honestly do. I want to believe that there's some kind of Tony Stark or Zephram Cochran who is working on making our lives better through technology. I would like to believe that there could be a time in my life where I, I could visit another world, whether it's in our own solar system or, or somewhere else. I'd like to believe, but I'm 51 years old, and I think that the window for that is slowly closing. Um, yeah. And by the way, don't let me forget, I, I, I want to like come back to this in okay. a minute or so. Um, do I believe, do I believe that for a, a fact that this person has these patents on this technology that's already in development and being used today? Many people have come forward to me and sent me things that are mind boggling. People claim to be witnesses to things that are amazing. And they've seen things like the quote, Tic Tac UFO. Right. Not the Tic Tac. A couple of weeks ago. Right. Not the Tic Tac UFO that we talked about last week. <laughs> totally different animal. Totally man. different animal. <laughs> I believe that the government and their contractors, fine example, Lockheed Martin, Skunk Works, yep. whatever, whatever is going on at Area 51. I totally believe, without a doubt, that somebody is working on cutting edge stuff that is 10 or 20 or 50 years beyond what we can imagine today. Um, with that, well, yeah. With that said, go ahead. With that said, um, I, I don't have any, any proof. I choose to believe that this is going on. I also have been dealing with an issue whereas um somebody lied to me and somebody lied to me over the course of 30 plus years this is kind of getting back to a conversation that i had with alphabet soup mm -hmm. our informant from one of the government agencies and he had told me he told me a fact he gave me some information that confirmed what I had already suspected. And I went to this other person and I said, I understand that our relative was also in this alphabet agency. And people would say that alphabet soup is a liar. Alphabet soup is making shit up. Alphabet soup is not telling not me the to truth be trusted not to be trusted they literally said alphabet soup is not to be trusted and for 30 years people were saying that i'm a liar i'm crazy i'm making things up because my life is boring and so on and so forth and you read all those magazines and i read all those magazines right i actually hey i actually used to read playboy for i, I used to get it for for some of the articles um I was I was looking at naked pictures of women. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, okay, but okay. Um, but anyway, I thought that I thought that Playboy's coverage of the O.J. Simpson trial was brilliant. Um, and then something happened last month, and somebody published something, and the fir in the first paragraph was so and so was something something in this government agency. After 30 years of being told 
that that was not true. I was called a liar for believing alphabet soup. And one of the people who called me a liar turned around last month and published this as just a fact. Yeah. So my trust and belief in people is very weak and tenuous at at, at best. Right now, yeah. Uh, There... and I can count on my hand or my hands less than 10 people that I trust, period, that I, that, I, that I trust, period. And I do not to sound like a crazy paranoid, but I have people who have never lied to me and who have told me things and saying, please get the word out. This is this is a thing. This is this is a thing that's actually going on. And. They're not out for the fame and fortune. They're not out for um, they don't want to they, they don't want to be the next Bob Lazar. They don't even want their name out there. Right. Which in my book makes me trust him even more. The, this, this person does not want to use me as their art bell. Right. They don't want to use and me we as know one. this because they had opportunity to and did not. Right. Rise to that. People have come forward and said to me that that their fathers worked in some kind of clandestine program and they're all dying of the same string of mysterious illnesses. So it's not just one illness. It's not like they all got the cancer. It's more like they all got the cancers. They all right. get, they all they are all suffering from the same symptoms. And it's and there's no way that they could have said to me. There's no way that they that they could have gotten this information from previous podcasts because I haven't said anything to anybody about some of these specific symptoms that they volunteer to me. One guy in particular I talk to on a daily basis or he texts me on a daily basis. He has no reason to lie to me. He doesn't right. he doesn't want to come on the podcast. He said he would never want to come on the podcast for this very reason. He's not doing it for the fame and fortune. He's actually quite terrified. Well, yeah. So I have had people look me straight in the eye and tell me, "No, no, that's not true. That's all make believe. That's not that's not true at all." Only to come out and find out why, yes, it, it, it's been true this entire time. And not only has it been true, but they've known it was true the entire time. That's what makes it a lie, is that they knew they were telling you something that they knew to be true. Somebody benefited from this relationship and was put in a position of, of power and prestige because he used his, our relative's position i'm assuming to reach that power to reach to, to reach that power of in, in position i on the other hand i'm doing a freaking podcast on conspiracy theories and the paranormal out in the middle of nowhere i'm kind of like the ted kaczynski of the family as it were i don't know if you've been hiding a giant a if you've been hiding an extremely well-organized shed somewhere and not told me I'm going to be pissed. You know, you know for a fact that I'm incapable of organizing that shed. That is so true. I can't throw this box out. I might need it someday. <laughs> and how did they pull 17 tons of, of documentation and stuff out of a 12 by like what? 16 shed. He must There's have not had, enough physical space for that. He must have had a basement. You know what? Maybe Ted Kaczynski was a a teacher to this Dr. Salvatore Cesar Pay. Mm, maybe. I don't know. And he was using that tunneling technology just to store his whack job theories. That's right. That's right. Elon Musk is in on it, too, because he was there using his tunneling tech, technology in the woods of Montana. And they, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. That's the ticket. <laughs> and I took oh and, and I took um Morgan Fairchild, yeah, yeah, yeah to the prom, it. yeah. 
and she liked it. <laughs> yeah. The younger members of our audience are looking up Morgan Fairchild right now. Like, who the fuck is Morgan Fairchild? Just just, just look up Saturday Night Live, my wife, Morgan Fairchild, and you'll know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I always thought that that was funny where Tommy, Tommy Flanagan says, my wife, uh, Morgan Fairchild. Fairchild. Yes. Yeah. Who I've That's had it. sex with. Then she liked it. <laughs> I always thought that was a that was a good twist. Like you had to like, so, yeah, yeah. So getting getting back to the the big think article about what the Navy controlling inventions that claim to change fabric of reality. It's important to note that when they say they control inventions, what they really mean is they own patents. Right. These are not physical devices. These are not things that physically exist. They, it's not like they have a ray gun hidden on the USS Enterprise or something like that. Right. They just have control over any products that may be any physical developments that may come from these patents that right. have been filed. You you can't you can literally make a patent for anything. Well, here's the thing, and I thought about this. I am developing the technology that will turn my farts into episodes of the podcast that will rocket us to the top of the podcast charts on Apple, Google, and Spotify. I can file a patent for that. Now, the patent office can just laugh and say, okay, yeah, right, and throw it out, or they can just file it away and, and not give it a second thought so that when somebody else actually develops the technology i can claim that they're violating my patent and they owe me a cut of whatever it is that they make whatever that's called is. that's called patent troll look up patent troll and get back to me right now to be fair there was a mail clerk who filed a patent at one point and he seemed to have done pretty well for himself afterwards really jay Mr. albert einstein Really? I thought he, right. I, okay. Was it a paper or I, I, I thought he just like filed a, he wrote a paper and he submitted it to, I, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Something like that. Something like but that. But the point is, is that the fact that their patents exist doesn't mean that the technology is sound. The patent office is not in the business of verifying whether any of this stuff is actually plausible. You could theoretically, this Dr. Salvatore, Cesar Payas could have actually been filing a patent on a technology used by a comic book character he was developing or a sci-fi novel he was developing. That doesn't mean that the technology itself has a exists within the, the understanding of modern physics. Right. Because one of them, where is it? Uh, where is it? Here we go. Among Dr. Payas' patents are designs approved in 2018 for an aerospace underwater craft of incredible speed and maneuverability. This cone-shaped vehicle can potentially fly just as well anywhere it may be, whether air, water, or space, without leaving any heat signatures. It can achieve this by creating a quantum vacuum around itself with a very dense polarized energy field. This vacuum would allow it to repel any molecule the craft comes in contact with, no matter the medium. Manipulating quantum field fluctuations in the low vacuum energy state would help reduce the craft's inertia. The polarized vacuum would dramatically decrease any elemental resistance and lead to extreme speeds, claims the paper. You know who else had quantum bands that allowed them to do the same thing? The original Marvel, Captain Marvel of Marvel comic books, had quantum bands that did the exact same thing. So it doesn't mean that this top technology is valid technology, right. that they've unlocked some sort of hidden or secret understanding. It just means some crackpot had enough money to spend to blow it on getting these patents. Right. That's really all it means. Oh, I absolutely, totally agree. Yeah, but still, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, it would be cool. It, it, However. It absolutely would be cool. 
However, then there's that article that you sent me from the Independent. Well, he, uh, uh, yeah. Here's the other. Um, here's the other side of this. I've se- and we and I've sent you so many articles based on this. We have like four others um, in the show page for this. And this is actually something we've been kind of following for a little over a year. I want to say. Yeah, but I don't think we've talked about it yet on the podcast. I don't think that we have talked about this specific breakthrough. Right. Um, we're just going to read the independent article or the link. So the scientists develop model for faster than light warp drive that bends space time to send ships to the stars. A class of subliminal, spherically symmetric warp drive space times, at least in principle, can be constructed based on physical principles known to humanity today, the scientists say. So the article starts off with scientists claim they have developed a physical model for a warp drive, a device that would allow spacecraft to travel at faster than light speeds. We present the first general model for subliminal positive energy, spherically symmetric warp drive, said the paper's abstract states. Conceptually, we demonstrate that any warp drive, including the Alcubier drive, is a shell of regular... What's that? If if Jason mispronounced that, you get to take a shot. <laughs> there we go. So is it, it's a shell of regular or exotic material moving inertially with certain velocity. Therefore, any warp drive requires propulsion. We show the class of subliminal, severely symmetric warp drive space-times, at least in principle, can be constructed based on the physical principles known to humanity today. So the that warp drive is named after theoretical physicist Miguel Alcubier. In his paper's abstract published in 2000, he wrote that the world, the drive world work, the drive would work by modifying space-time purely by local expansion of space-time behind the spaceship and the opposite contraction in front of it, motion faster than the speed of light as seen by observers outside the disturbed region as possible. So this gets into some problematic understanding of physics, right? Right. So as a person moves faster, closer to the speed of light, the less they are affected by time, according to Einstein's theory of relativity, right? When you follow it out. Right. So that statement there, that motion faster than the speed of light as seen by observers outside the disturbed region is possible. So you're, they're actually talking like basically a bubble that exists outside of the normal laws of physics, the way they are applied typically, which means anything inside that bubble has is operating relative to everything else inside the bubble. Okay. So, even though the craft inside that bubble is moving faster than the speed of light for what everyone else outside of that bubble is perceiving it to be doing. Sure. The people inside it don't, they're not being affected by that motion as being faster than the speed of light. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that adequately. No, I think you've done an amazing job. So this is fucked up. It really is. (laughs) This is fucking amazing. I mean, it's it. This is also theoretical, right? But this is actually theoretical by scientists who we can actually chase down their their credentials. So, in theory, a warp drive would be able to work within the boundaries of Einstein's theory of general relativity. Faster than light travel would usually require an infinite amount of energy, but that restriction only applies to objects in space time rather than space time itself, which is how the universe would expand faster than the speed of light after the Big Bang. This is just it's crazy. Now it, it really kind of is. I, I'm I'm actually I'm actually sending you this link to this other article. This is bu- this is published yesterday. Yes, yesterday yesterday was the eleventh, right? Yes, yesterday was the eleventh. And I hope it comes up. Is this the we are one step closer to breaking the warp drive barrier? Um, no, this is actually it's from um uh, uh let me see it's from another. It's from Centauri Dreams, Imagining and Planning Interstellar Exploration. FTL, Thoughts on a New Paper by Eric Lentz. I believe that's how you pronounced his name. Yeah. So, 
Where are you sending me the article? I sent it to you via Messenger. Okay, it hasn't shown up yet. Oh, crap. Thanks, Messenger. No. I, 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 sent it, I, I sent it to the wrong person. Oh. <laughs> one of the person. Won't they be surprised? One of, one of the people who supplies me with some of the, um, uh, the special effects we sometimes use is going to be in for a big, huge surprise. <laughs> You'll get a text message. What the fuck? What the heck, Eric? Come on. Jeez, what's going on, dude? So anyway, FTL thoughts on a new paper by Eric Lentz. And this is written by Paul Glister on Centauri Dreams. So it looks like it's just a, a blog. It's just a review. It's a review of Dr. Eric Lentz's work. Okay, so it says, Let me... I see that Eric Lentz Gotten of Gottingen University. Oh, you're definitely going to be drinking to that. Right. I have no idea. I got that right has just begun a personal blog, <clears throat> something that may begin to attract attention given that Dr. Lentz has offered up a new paper on faster-than-light travel. At the moment, the blog is bare bones, listing only the paper itself, citation below, in an upcoming online talk that may be of interest. Here's what the Lentz blog has on this. Upcoming online talk to be given 18 March 2021 at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Science Speakers Series at the Jim and Linda Lee Planetarium. And it has a link that apparently has a countdown timer. And I'm actually, so the, I'm at, we're actually posting the link to all of this. And yet another physicist is also referring to the work in the journals from Michael Alcubierre. Yes. So you have these people with PhDs who are actually working on this. One of the things that we had spoken about in the last article, uh, yeah, in the last article, um, I, uh, Jesus, if only we had enough time to publish articles. In the last episode of the podcast, we were talking about the exploration for dark matter and exotic material and what it could be used for. Not even a week passes by and these people are dropping these articles saying that, Using this exotic matter, we can use it to manipulate space-time and do whatever it is that we want and travel to different solar systems. I mean, that's... That is literally science fiction from when we grew up, when we right. were kids. Right. They're literally talking about a, a, a warp drive. If you follow Star Wars or... Star Trek or... Star Trek, it would be, yeah. Warp drive is Star Trek, and hyperdrive is, hyper, yeah, right? Yes. That's Star Wars? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is literal science fiction from when we were growing up. Yeah. The kind of stuff that I used to take a beating for. Right? <laughs> somebody, In middle so, school. Somebody is actually, like, getting, like, a PhD in the same kind of crap I used to take beatings for, <laughs> you know? Right? This is a party that's like, you bastards. I mean, good yeah. for him. I'm glad. I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that he's getting ahead in life. I'm, gl I'm glad, uh, you know, I, I feel as if I helped pave the way. <laughs> I, I, I've contributed. I, I, I was, um, I was a, a civil rights activist for nerds. So people like, <laughs> like. People like Lentz, Dr. Eric Lentz. Can do the work that he needs to do. To, to, to make uh, the world a better place. I took the beating so you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I proudly took those beatings knowing someday that we would be able to travel to the stars. You know? <laughs> right. You're going to regret it when you're tra taking your family on a vacation to Mars. <laughs> no, no. Make sure they charge you double, you bastard. No, no. Philistine. I no no now I now I believe that no no they aren't going to be taking their family vacations to Mars or Alpha Centauri. They're going to be cleaning the toilets of the ships that I will be <laughs> taking my family on vacation. And they, they <laughs> And they won't be allowed off the ship. No surely for you. Absolutely not. Put on that red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So, but this also brings up another ethical and moral question. And this is, this, is, this is going to sound a little crazy coming from somebody who loved reading 
science fiction, loved all aspects of science fiction, love the, 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 the franchises like Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, I'm kind of like, yeah, Babylon five, all of those, especially Babylon five. And the thing is that it was just like, I hope that if there is intelligent life out there, or if there is other life out there, I hope that they're far enough away from us and there's enough distance between us and them with our current state, our low spiritual vibrations, as it were. I hope that they are so far away from us that we, we can't hurt them yet. Because if you look at what we're, what we're doing here on planet earth and how we've been exploiting our own planet where we live on and how we, how we can't seem to help ourselves in ruining the planet. I kind of hope that there isn't any other life in the, in the, uh, in the universe yet. So we won't ruin it and we won't hurt it. Well, I'm reminded of the Monty Python song from meaning of life, right? We better hope there's intelligent life somewhere out in space. Cause there's bugger all down here on earth. <laughs> You know, and as as humorous as that is, that's kind of a genuine thought, right? What right do we have to fuck up someone else's planet after we've destroyed our own? Exactly. Right? And there have been countless um, science fiction novels written around the topic. Um, hell, Titan AE was basically the same thing, right? Yeah. You had so it's it's a genuine thought that we need to consider or we should consider right although given the history of colonialism and imperialism um i seriously doubt too much thought is going to be given to it right the way we've treated other members of our human species here on earth right so we kind of hope all and when i say we i really mean all of us geeks who have been reading these science fiction magazines and reading these stories where they're asking these difficult questions and through through that medium of science fiction they're asking these important philosophical questions but honestly let's you know we geeks are the ones that come up with the technology or we talk about it or we desire it seek it out and then it becomes mainstream right but it's still the the jocks and the salesmen that are really in charge of everything and do we honestly, this is going to sound so awful, but fuck it it, I'm already this far in. Right. Do we honestly trust them, the people who are cheating off of us in high school? Do we trust them to make the decisions that are going to possibly affect extraterrestrial life? No. No, well, I don't. already stated, I don't trust our government. No. I don't trust Congress. I don't trust the people who currently are sitting in offices of power. I don't trust them with writing gun control bills or writing a legislation that is going to prevent themselves from taking advantage of their position and abusing their power. If I don't trust them with that, how could I possibly trust them with making a decision that's going to affect another world? Exactly. Look at what went on here in Ringe, New Hampshire. Whereas you had people in local government who had the illusion of conflict of interest or the the possible appearance of conflict of interest. And it took a lot for us to get together and start to put an end to it. You look at what's going on on the national scale where government officials can't help themselves but exploit the laws that they pass for their own financial benefit. Now, you could look at somebody like Elon Musk. I think you could look at Elon Musk to make the right decision. He's a, he's a multi-billionaire, but at the very least, he's putting his money into productive things like SpaceX and, 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 uh, and Tulsa. While at the Tesla. same time, Tesla. Tesla. You look at somebody, oh, by the way, I mispronounced that word, take a shot. You look at somebody like Jeff Bezos, who makes about uh, $1,200 every second. 
And what does he do with that money? He well, he's certainly not enjoying it. I mean, the dude hasn't bought a new car since 1992. That we know of. Right. What is what what is he doing with that money? Well, meanwhile, you read of the horrible working t- conditions for many Amazon employees. Now, am, am I going to trust an Elon Musk and people like him with the technology to reach the stars? Or am I going to trust somebody like Jeff Bezos? Or are you going to trust someone like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Donald Trump and Mike Pence? Right. Would 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 I would I trust either of the four people of the what of what two four six uh, the six people we mentioned I think Elon Musk is the person I trust most and there's evidence that he's starting to kind of lose it a little bit a little losing a little touch with reality yeah you know so what is it about this technology that scares you the most the the idea that the same people who have done a great job ruining this planet are going to have the ability to exploit and ruin another planet. That w- That's what bothers me enough. I mean, and you look at the state of the world that we're in right now, just the United States. Look at the riots from the past summer. Look right. at, look, look at um, the insurrection at the nation's capital on January 6th. You look at how society is just becoming unhinged. You look at the way that people treat each other online. Look at right, how- and you look at how people are getting offended and insulted over every little thing. I mean, it's it's at the point now where people you actually have to put some effort into finding a new way of being offended. Yeah. Why is being offended so cool? What is what is it about being offended? You know, and if we're going to be offended by that what are these people going to think when we actually do make contact with an alien species, whether it's a plant, mineral, or humanoid life form, right? Yeah. Are the people who can't stand finding, you know, someone using the wrong pronoun going to be able to handle dealing with someone from Alpha Centauri right? who may have, instead of a bilateral symmetry, they have a trilateral symmetry where they have three legs, three arms, three eyes, three ears. You know, how are they going to handle that? And I know in their minds and in their heart of hearts, they're thinking, I'm not the one who's going to have a problem. I have no problem with differences and things. It's going to be you people who have the problem with that. Is it really, though? Is it really going to be us? And their argument is not invalid because there are certainly a lot of people on the in the conservative movement who are rather stayed in their ways. Right. And they don't like the concept of the other. Right. So. Given all of that, combine all of that, maybe it's a good thing we can't explore the rest of the galaxy yet. Yeah. We're not worthy of it. Not yet. No. And I'm sure that there are so many people who like look look to Star Trek as a perfect example of how human beings are going to evolve over the next couple of hundred years thanks to space travel and exploration. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing you look at you look at the you look at the way that Trekkies treat each other on some of these forums. Oh my God, it's pretty freaking brutal. Now, oh, it if, is. If, if 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 Trekkies can't agree to disagree and treat each other with respect. I can just turn around and say, that's just a goddamn TV show. Right. And oh, and by the way, another thing that we had had spoken about in another uh, episode of our podcast, Gene Roddenberry was not a saint. Gene Roddenberry, oh, no. John, uh, Gene Roddenberry was quite the scumbag sometimes. Oh, absolutely. He, he was, he was by no means a, um, uh, um, an example for children. Right. But at the same time, we as a people have a tendency to put our heroes on pedestals that is unable to be maintained. Right. Like Gene Roddenberry. Right. The man was a womanizer. He was a drunkard by numerous accounts. He was just not a fun person to be around. Right. He's not someone you would invite to a dinner party. Right. Look at Dr. Seuss. Now, you could say that Dr. Seuss was a product of his time, but the truth of the matter is, still, even if he was a product of his time, that was 
a rather nasty time in America. Yeah. Right? And the rest of the world. And this is where, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, this is where our inability or desire to hide the ugliness of humanity is actually a disservice that we would be doing to our children. Our children need to learn how to deal with adversity in their lives because it's going to come up. If you are out there and you're saying that we need to censor and get rid of um, Dr. Seuss because out of the dozens of books he made, two of them had problematic images, you're part of the problem. Yeah. You know, I think we need to acknowledge that, hey, look, there's some problematic things in our history, but we need to not hide them or shy away from. We need to say, look at them as saying, we've made progress. We've gone beyond that. And I'm not even certain we should be ashamed of that past. We should be ashamed of that act, those actions. But we should also acknowledge that, you know, with technology, society can grow and we can become better people as a result, you know? And all of this bullshit of, of pointing fingers at each other, you know, swear to God, one more person from Europe tells me how awful America is. I'm going to be like, yep, just like you raised us. Yeah. We learned everything horrible that you're bitching about from you. Exactly. So, and, 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 and we're going to take and we're going to take that mentality to other planets. I, I don't I don't think so. Well, I don't think we should. I no. don't think we have we don't have the maturity as a society to be able to do that. I think it's terrifying. I think it's terrifying the idea. I mean, I love I love the idea of being able to travel and visit distant worlds. I love that idea. Right. I mean, it's something that you've dreamed about since we were kids, right? You look at some you look like a at a corporation like DuPont that made a product which has a byproduct that's that's poison. Yeah, and they're just and and they just dumped it into like local rivers and 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 lakes with reckless abandon, and they hidden they hid it. Right. Who's to say that we're not going to do something horrible like that on some other pristine world? What what if we found another Earth-like planet that's almost exactly like ours, except for there's no people there? There's there's, there's well, there, and 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 what's what's going to happen? Are, are are people going to go there and just explo- just exploit it with reckless? Well, of course ab- they are. You know, of course they are. Of course they are. I mean, look at our mining practices. All of the technology that we have relies on certain minerals. The clocks, the clock speed in all of our computers, whether the computer looks like a cell phone, your car, your laptop, your tablet, whatever. All of that is dependent upon a clocking mechanism. That clocking mechanism is actually a crystal. It's a piezoelectric crystal that is, when pressure is applied to it or an electric current is passed through it, it vibrates at a certain frequency. And that's how we get our clock speeds for all of this. So that our, that's literally how our computers think. The only way we get those crystals is through mining. We can't create simulated ones. Well, we can, but they're not reliable they don't ha- last as long right and even then even if we manufacture them what are we manufacturing them out of for the most part we're manufacturing them out of dirt and sand and we're creating these crystals under high pressure and stuff like that we are eating up our planet's resources with our technology now if you were to tell me okay well maybe we should mine i don't know m- asteroids in the asteroid belt I'm all for that. That's, that's inevitable. Great. That's in, that's inevitable. I would imagine. But still, that is a hell of a lot better than going to another planet with a full fucking ecosystem and possibly even life forms that we don't recognize as being life forms. We don't understand how the weather on our planet works. We don't understand how the ecosystems and the balances of the ecosystems, if we remove one thing, look... Look at the fucking Africanized bees, for fuck's sake. That was scientists that did that. Right. Right? We've merged species unnaturally in an effort to basically play God. 
because we think we understand things when we really don't. And all of the like the conspiracy theories that you and I talk about with, you know, ancient civilizations and how, you know, Smithsonian Institute may be hiding that there were actual giants that are on Earth at one right, point in time. Right. All of that stuff. Why are they doing it? Is not because they understand it. It's because they're afraid of it. And if you know, I say we don't have a right to explore other universes until we can get 100% accuracy in our weather reports. Let's start there. <laughs> you know? Let's start small. You know, when you can tell me a day in advance that, by the way, it's going to snow tomorrow. It will snow for four hours between the hours of 1 to 5 p.m. locally, and at the end of it, you will have a total accumulation of one and three quarter inches and have that actually be the prediction and it come true. Then we can talk about, yeah, you know, maybe we could explore another world. I think that what we you, don't understand enough. I, I think that what you're, you're trying to say is that once we have a better understanding of science, we should be allowed to go out and explore other worlds. I think it's like once we learn to stop treating each other like shit, we should be allowed to go and explore other worlds. And it was, I, I think that as our knowledge and our technology is increasing, I think that our civility is decreasing. And I had this brilliant thought yesterday. We, one of the things about social media is that it's allowing people to congregate in ways that was never possible before. Like it, when you're stuck in your neighborhood, you had to deal with all kinds of people. Now that you have social media and, and, and groups on Facebook, and I know that this might be sound hypocritical because we have groups on Facebook, but the thing is, is that like-minded people can, can congregate and stay within their own bubble. There, there are, I think that maybe there's six flat earth Facebook groups that I've already been banned from by just trying to have a conversation with with these people. There's about seven or eight um, lunar landing hoaxers and their groups that I've been banned from because I've tried to have a, a, a conversation with these people. Yeah. And it's like you can't stand the idea that somebody who has a different idea and who's trying to have a conversation with you is a member of your group. So you got to you got to ban that person. And I, I want to point out that anyone in the audience who's saying, oh, I'm not like that. I actually seek out opposing opinions. How do you feel about the opposing political party? Yeah. We're all guilty of it to a greater or lesser extent. We all are. And I'm including myself in that. I would like to think I'm better than that. But the truth of the matter is I'm just as human as the next person right? We all have our foibles. It's easier to talk to somebody when you know they agree. It's much more difficult to talk to somebody when you know they don't agree, especially to be civil when having that conversation. It's really our technology has highlighted our own foibles and fallacies, you know, are, are allowing us to pursue our own mental illusions of who we are as people. Flat earthers congregate together because they don't want to be laughed at by everyone else. And that's a very human, natural thing for us to do. That doesn't mean that we should be willing to deny it. And the other thing, too, is there's a lot of hay being made politically about science deniers. And you know what? Not one particular party is guilty of it. Both parties are guilty of denying science yes. when it's inconvenient for them. And we need to, as a, as a society, as a people, we need to be able to recognize when we are doing that. Am I disagreeing with, am I not talking to you because I disagree with you on something? Or am I, am I not learning something by my unwillingness to engage with people with whom I disagree? The answer is yes, you always are. If you're not willing to talk to somebody because you disagree with them, philosophically, politically, in any way, shape, or form, you are avoiding learning something and expanding your own understanding of the universe that we live in. And you could say that extends even to, like you and I talking about conspiracy theories right. and you know, possibly lost ancient civilizations and all of, all of that stuff, even cryptozoology. You can make the argument rather validly that 
if you're denying that, if you're saying, oh, you're a crackpot, you are doing yourself a disservice because you are now losing or turning a blind eye to the wonders that might actually be in this world. Absolutely. We were unaware of the crystal caves that are in Mexico with crystals that are eight, ten feet in diameter and dozens of feet long. We were unaware that those things even existed until they came across it. Is it so hard to believe that, you know, we may have missed something in the archaeological record? Right, exactly. You know, that doesn't mean that there really were giants or there really is Bigfoot. It means that what's wrong with wondering if there is? That's an excellent question to ask. And I think that that's the fact that we're um, we're actually able to ask those questions means everything. The idea that we're actually brave enough to ask those questions gives me, again, just a little bit of hope. I yeah. also I've also been wrestling with the feeling that um, a season in my life has come to a close and that there are well, some Eric, you know, as we get older, sometimes we have performance issues. We're all <laughs> I... men. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes, so, sometimes I wish I had that problem. I say, because the thing is, is like, there are sometimes I have the mentality of a 16 year old. Okay. Maybe a 14 year old. Um, but there's a moment when you realize that um, there's a time in your life when you, you can't do certain things anymore. And that you look at life differently, like the, the like like the weird thing is is like when you read that um, uh, your girlfriend in high school has become a grandmother again, right? Or um, other people around your age, like I'm 51, and I'm already talking to a couple of people who are my age who are actually like making plans for retirement. I mean, not saying that they're like starting a 401k or anything like that. They're actually like planning on like they put in the paperwork, to, you know, to, yeah. to take the early retirement for whatever reasons. Um, yeah. you, you talk about, you know, you talk to people your own age who are talking about like moving to Florida, you know, or Arizona, because I mean, kind of like the kind of things that you like, look at people and says, wow, you must be old if you're thinking like that already. Um, well, it also comes through like, for example, how many times have you seen someone like in a movie and you're like, dear God, when did they get old? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like, unfortunately, I mean, this is still kind of a sad thing for me, but we're looking we're living in a world now where there's no more Robin Williams. Yeah, or we're living in a world where there's no new Calvin and Hobbes. You know, and these these were fundamental things in my life right. growing up. You know, and it may seem silly, but the world seems a little dimmer. Yeah, from those lo those losses. It's funny because um I was actually thinking about how you have something and you don't realize how fundamentally important it is until it's gone. Another a perfect example, Dave and Diane who own the pizza joint, Pizza Haven, on the other side of the hill where I live, um, are no longer going to be running Pizza Haven. And Pizza Haven yeah. was like, that's a, like a staple of our of our lives. Like, that's what we did uh, if we wanted to celebrate, we'd get something from Pizza Haven. If yeah. if something had happened and we were too busy, we'd get something from Pizza Haven. Right. Uh, I, um, I, I got a promotion. We celebrated with Pizza Haven. And and doesn't one of your kids work there? Yes. Or didn't they? He, yeah. he, he, he still does for a while. And it's like, and I realized for the past 20 years of our lives, that's been a huge part of our lives. There and... Um, it's just like, you know, like time passages Yeah. and you take a moment and you realize, wow, I really had something like really good and I took it for granted or I took it, took advantage of it. Um, and I, I, I think about like my, when I was younger and Carol and I were, you know, first together and the, and we, we wouldn't even think twice about loading up the car and just go and drive and spend the weekend in another part of New England. 
yeah. and now that we have like responsibilities and kids and stuff like that we we just we couldn't do that and it's like i didn't realize how important that was until it ended and and we might still do that in the future but not to the same extent that we used to and right it, and, because of physical changes that come about with getting older and yeah and it was like and and we couldn't we can't, you know, sleep on the ground in a tent the way that we used to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, but there's longer term consequences. Like, yeah. Like there's back and neck problems, sciatica. <laughs> right. You know, um, my irritable bowel syndrome that like just pops up every once in a while without even a word of warning. And so right. You, and, and, and you. You have no idea how great you had it until it's gone. Well, and even if you did, right? Like I remember distinctly, especially like when I was in the Coast Guard, I saw things anyone who travels at sea will tell you or spends any amount of time at sea will tell you. It changes the way you look at the world because you see things and there's a part of you that realizes most people are never going to see this. They're never going to know what it's like to be out on the ocean, feeling the salt spray as it hits your face, seeing nothing but water surrounding you all the way out to the edge of your, your vision. And then all of a sudden, you see a whale surface and blow air through their blowhole. And then you see the graceful arch of their back and then the tail and they're gone. And there's nothing there to ever remark that they had past and crested it's it's a we live in a beautiful world that we far too often take for granted and it's even when we do try and acknowledge those things how do you hold on to that how do you preserve that how do you maintain that sense of awe in the world i i look out my window i live in a beautiful area of utah i see this wonderful mountain vista outside of my window right now and there is still that teenager in me that's like, see the top of that mountain? I want to yeah. go up there, right? Now, at the top of that mountain, there's maybe 10,000 people in the history of the world that have gone to that particular point on that mountain because that's pretty remote. I can't do that. I've got two bad knees, bad ankles. I <laughs> I could do that, but then, you know, I'm going to be laid up for a week going, why the fuck did I do that? You know, I think as important as it is for us to acknowledge the beauty of the world and the the wonderful people that we have surrounding us, I think it's also important that we have to realize that we're not always going to have that because that is the nature of life. Life is change. Yeah. You know, and I, and I actually want to take a. I want to take a minute to say I'm glad to have you had you in my life. I mean, we've been friends <laughs> years. So it's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've I, had a lot of fun over those years. I, mean. I, I I've had a lot of moments to think about this, and it was just the, like when I have a day off on Thursday or Friday, the first thing I think about um, after I get coffee for Carol is what are we going to talk about in this week's episode? Um, and um, I, and I think of, and it's like, and I'm in, I'm in constant contact with you and, and Doug Palumbo reached out to me yesterday and we haven't spoken for, you know, for a while, mostly because I mean, I really don't want to burden him with a lot of like crap that I'm going through right now. Um, yeah. But it's like, um, you know, I, 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 I honestly, I really appreciate you, Jason and I appreciate our listeners. I got a beautiful letter from a listener. Um, and, I, and I was going to read it, but I didn't get permission to do so. Um, this, is, this is like the second best thing I've ever done in my life, to be honest with you. This, starting this website and this podcast. Um, and, we, and, I, and we talk about a lot of serious things. And one of the things I also wanted to say, somebody reached out to me through Twitter and told me that you and I are within the top five or the top 10 voices for the lab leak hypothesis. Really? <laughs> I, 
I, and I was I was flabbergasted by that. And we're we're not going to do another episode of this for a little while. I'm think I'm I'm already working on. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it in April, unless something else comes out. Um, but it, it was a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about you know doing this podcast and and how how hard is it and and why do we keep going and it was just like we do it for the listeners we do it for you we do it for the people who um are just as excited to get a new episode as I am to record it and edit and put it together and it, it's it's I can't imagine what the life would be like without you specifically and the podcast in general um and i honestly i can say the same thing i mean i <laughs> i look forward to this every week yeah. this is like a highlight of my week man this is just and someone saying how do we you know how, how do we keep going and i think the fact that we just enjoy it i mean let's be honest I remember you and I talking when you first created the Fedora Chronicles. Right. There was other forums that we were going to and we were talking with people and there was various internal politics and other things that were going on. And I remember, all right, well, if we're going to do this, if you're going to do this, what's your purpose? What's your point? And we had a really strong back and forth discussion about, okay, how to do this, how to do this right. And how do we maintain that right. over time? Because that was something that I remember you were very concerned with. I, I, I don't want to turn into that. I don't want to turn into this. Right. You know, the, the negative experiences we had had elsewhere. So it's been a hell of a journey. I mean, if you think back, that was... 2004. Yeah. That was 15, 16 years ago? Yeah, 16. I actually did the math yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and yet we're here. We are still doing it in a in a different format. But like when you called me up and you were like, "Hey, would you like to join me for a weekly podcast?" Right. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I think that we should have. Um. Knowing knowing what I know now about podcasting, there are things that I wish that I had done differently, and there are things that I and and there are things that I wish that we never did. Um. And I think that, like, primarily, um, one of the things that I wish that we had done is stuck to the paranormal, unexplained right. conspiracy mm-hmm. theories and whatnot. And I, and I look at our numbers and I look at the things that people really like us talking about. I look at how some episodes are more popular than others. Yeah. And then, it, and it was just like, the ones that we do about the paranormal are the ones that people really love a lot. People really, really love our paranormal. The stuff where we're tackling difficult social issues, people don't like it quite as much. But there are times that yeah. we're going to do an episode knowing full well it's not going to get the same amount of listeners right? as one of the paranormal episodes. Well, like this one. I mean, we covered... <laughs> We covered politics on, you know, local and how it represents the macro level. And we covered possible new scientific breakthroughs and brought that up in the context of how it informs our worldviews. You know, the way you and I look at the world is based in part on, well, first of all, our our past experiences growing up as children, all that kind of stuff. But also all of these things like the paranormal, the UFOs, the, the cryptozoology, all of that shit that, that you and I kind of giggle and get excited like little school children over, that informs our worldview. It's part and parcel to who we are. So, yeah, I mean, I I enjoy doing the paranormal episodes kind of more than doing the politics. Oh, yeah. Recently. Oh, some of the some of the and, re- some of yeah, the no, this is. <laughs> this is too fun. Some of the recent ones, some of the uh, recent topics. I get are to like, talk to my best friend once a week, and we here. talk about anything and anything we fucking want to, man. Absolutely, absolutely. The only thing missing is we're not like in person drinking, a, you know, a couple of bottles of Kraken or packaging <laughs> our <day's> 
Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.